This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. We'll do some baseball today as we hit summer and have uh, things going so well here in the big city. Uh, and we welcome in, of course, Bobby Valentine. Bobby, welcome. How are you? Mike, I'm great. Thanks. It's heating up all around the leagues, and uh, New York still has it going. You know, I, the Yankees are off to such a torrid start. I looked up the best record ever after 70 games. It was the 1912 New York Giants who went 56 and 14. The Yanks are 50 and 18 after 68 games. And teams that have had this start, 33% have won the World Series. I mean, it really is, after 68 games, just a ridiculous pace they're keeping. It's such a pace that um, there, there's no stopping them for sure. And, um, you know, they're going to win the East and uh, they're going to be in the playoffs. And that's the good news for the Yankees. You know, possibly the bad news is it's so sure that they're going to be in the playoffs that these other teams who look like uh, they're going to be in the playoffs also could start thinking about what it's going to take to beat the Yankees. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting, Mike, what happens here going on the next month with trades around the league. We're going to see who gets healthy and uh, who it is that moves and what teams they move to. Bobby, the Yankees, obviously the idea is to win in the postseason, which they haven't done in a long time. So there's going to be an incredible amount of pressure off this regular season for them to perform well this year. How do you keep the role going, but also analyze your team with a discerning eye to see what we really need to be better in the postseason? I mean, it's a tricky thing. Well, it's a tri really tricky thing. And, you know, right from the start, um, you know, Mike, I, I said the end of the bullpen is going to be the key. And uh, how they got saved the way they did uh, with Chapman being something other than uh, spectacular by home stepping forward is, is beyond comprehension with a lot of teams. But um, I think they're still going to be looking to bolster the end of their bullpen. How would you deal with Chapman and Holmes? Has Holmes, in your mind, earned the right to be the closer? Would you use Chapman in a different role? Chapman did say, I'm willing to do any role. He did make that comment. Um, do you think he means that? Do you think it's something he would live with? Would you trust him in another role? How, how do you feel about handling Chapman? Well, I definitely would trust him because he's had such a spectacular career this far and, and is, uh, you know, one of the most dominant forces in the game. Uh, that being said, uh, if it doesn't work out that 
that he's an eighth inning pitcher or if the contact that Holmes is making starts getting that uh, bloop hits and the, those uh, weird seeing eye uh, rollers that cost the Yankees some games there, there could, could be some confusion out there. So again, um, uh, I, I think Brian's going to be hard at work to see what he can do to make sure that uh, that part of his team uh, is as strong as that offensive part of his team. Let me touch on some other teams in the American League. We're talking, of course, with Bobby Valentine. Um, we know the Astros are good. Uh, the Yankees are going to see the Astros after the Mets. Um, we have some teams that have, I think, made a nice comeback like the Red Sox. You got a team that's playing over its head in Cleveland, I think, because of how good Francona is. I think Francona and Cora really make a difference for their teams. But how about the White Sox? The White Sox just got back to 500. They're 33 and 33. They have struggled mightily. They were ex- big things was expected from this team. 66 games in, where are the White Sox? The White Sox are uh, ready to make that move, as you as you mentioned. They're uh, the team with the talent. You know, the Twins have been uh, a really good team thus far. Uh, and Cleveland, as you mentioned, has been real surprised. But I think the White Sox will leave them in the dust. Uh, their talent is just too good not to dominate uh, in that central division. So um, for the teams that are going to be in their way between now and the all-star break. I think the the White Sox are going to really put a run together. You know, there are certain managers that I think make a difference with teams. Cora clearly does with the Red Sox. Francona clearly does. Look how much they missed Francona last year after he left. Those are great managers. We've seen some name managers get booted already this year. How about what Cora's done with the Red Sox to get them back in the mix and what Francona is done in Cleveland. Well, you know, in, in Boston with Devers and Martinez uh, hitting the way they're hitting, um, you know, they, they've come back into uh, being a relevant team in the American League. Now, uh, does the organization believe that they're uh, absolutely in it to win it this year? Uh, will J.D. Martinez uh be moved before the end of the year, as many people predicted early on when they were going south, um, still still has um, yet to be determined. Uh, but but you know they're they're a good team, and and Joey Joey Cora, uh, I mean uh, Alex Cora is uh, you know right at the head of the pack there uh, because the guys not only like him, but they respect him, and uh, he's made good decisions in the past, and I think uh, he'll continue to do that. And Francona, too, I mean, I expected very little out of Cleveland this year, and, you know, it looked like they were finally having to go through some, you know, maybe some painful years. He's done a nice job with that team this year. Yeah, and, you know, when you have an MVP candidate, uh, like Jose Ramirez playing the way he's playing and you're playing in a in an off division, I think uh, you have a chance of, of making a move. But, uh, yeah, Francona's uh, definitely had a lot to do with their survival thus far this season. And um, I, I'm not sure that they're uh, as good as they're playing right now, but uh, they're, they're 
definitely better than the sum of their parts. Bobby, what happened to the Angels, and where are they right now? Well, the Angels, uh, you know, just hit that 14-game skid. Uh, lost Rendon, who is, uh, you know, part a big part of the middle of the lineup. Uh, it's a team without great depth uh, in their organization because of the money that they have tied up in, in guys like Rendon, Trout, and and uh, Otani's uh, sp- uh, spending a little of their money, not much, but uh, they they just uh, they hit the wall, and you know once their their bullpen started uh, losing games late, uh, it it was just a uh, a convolute of, uh, of of things going wrong. I think they'll still hit a have a run. Uh, they'll be able to. Um, uh, win games, you know, they've hit home runs uh, this year. Their bullpen seems to be back in shape, but uh, I, I think that skid really uh, put them out of reach. They're five and a half out of that third wild card right now, and it's going to take a uh, a hot streak as good as their cold streak, which can happen. You know, you know the game of baseball, Mike, better than anyone. Uh, a lot of times uh, the pendulum swings back and just as cold as you were, that's how hot you are. But it takes good health. And uh, if Trout and Otani stay healthy, uh, I think they have a shot. When you look, when you look at Mike Trout hitting five home yep. runs in five games in one series, and Otani getting eight RBIs and and two home runs and and another, and then they lost the game last night with Otani doing that. Uh, but he, yet the talent is there um, from those two guys, especially and and Taylor Ward at the top of their lineup uh, to to put a streak together. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do. And one of your other teams has has surprised a little bit. That's the Texas Rangers. You know, they're they're a little more competitive than people thought. Well, they <clears throat> had a very competitive winter. They spent a lot of money. They uh, shored up the middle of their infield with a couple stars, and, and uh, Sager is uh, Sager is now at shortstop, but playing like a star. And they have good young talent that's uh, that's emerged. I think that the, the you know the Rangers are you know in that wild card hunt right now, and um, um, I'm not sure that the, that starting pitching can hold up during the entire season. Uh, but right now they're 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 playing better baseball than many people thought they would. How about the Mets? You know the Mets have been able to withstand the loss of Scherzer, the they, the loss of the Grom. Scherzer's ready to come back after throwing last night. We don't know where DeGrom is. He finally just saw live pitching, I mean, live hitting for the first time. It looks like he's still a ways away, and they're going to be very careful with him. It looks like it's not going to be an, a quick process. Where do you think the Mets are right now? Well, the Mets have yet to be challenged at all this season, and um, uh, I think they're in good stead. I think that, uh, you know, their bullpen and um, their contribution from their entire lineup um, uh, makes them, you know, the, the team that they are with a, with a five-game lead over, um, over Atlanta. I, they're in good shape. They just 
uh, have to withstand one run. They're going to have a, 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 a time where they go two and eight, and uh, they, they're going to have to recover from that. And um, uh, I think that they have the quality and the depth to do that. And I don't think that the, Amer- the National League East um, – has a formidable uh, challenge there. You know, Atlanta is always lurking with the Mets. Of course, they're always in the back of the Mets' minds. But uh, I I think that, you know, they had a great run. And with a great run, uh, they got within six games or five games uh, of the top. When you have a great run, you have to get to the top. And uh, Atlanta just uh, wasn't able to do it. And I don't think they'll be able to do it uh, the rest of the season. Interesting. And Bobby, what 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 do, you, what do you sense with DeGrom, if anything? I think that's the most precarious situation uh, in, in a long time. A guy who, before the season, turned down $300 million or whatever it might have been and uh, then uh, has been on the shelf. And now everything is iffy, whether he comes back and is he going to be pitching for the team or pitching for the contract? Is he going to be able to be healthy? Is the manager going to be able to protect uh, his health while he's also trying to win games? I think I think he's a real fly in the ointment uh, uh, for the Mets right now. And we got to give, uh, you know, I've been very hard since he's been here on Lindor, but he does have 52 RBIs this year. And when you couple that with Alonzo, the Mets have never had a 1-2 RBI punch like they've had this year with Alonzo and, and uh, Lindor. I mean, between them, they have almost 120 RBIs already. Yeah, and, you know, Alonzo looking at an MVP. And, definitely, and he definitely is. Definitely is. Yeah, he, he, and, and he's been an MVP, too. So is Judge. But Alonzo has definitely been an MVP so far, too. When you get hit a home run to win games, when you get hit hit that home run to put the other team, uh, you know, in in your rear rear view mirror as often as Alonzo has, uh, I think he has to be considered. And uh, it, it's really redemption year for Lindor, and you know, of course, that spotlight will shine bright if the heat gets turned up on the Mets. And uh, well, we'll see how he he reacts from a another New York. Uh, uh, spotlight, but you know he's a talented player who now is driving him runs. He's not uh, he's not hitting for the average uh, that maybe expected, and but he is playing shortstop. He goes out there every day and seems to be uh, part of the leadership group of that team. You know that's the one thing with those two guys, Al- Alonzo and Lindor. They play every day. Exactly that that they're there. They're they're. In the ninth inning, they're in the extra inning. They they come out and um, they they earn their dollars. That's for sure. And uh, they you know the the Mets fans should be really happy of the production that uh, they're getting from those two guys. You know, you mentioned uh, what's going on with the Red Sox hitters. That's going to be a very very interesting thing. Are the Red Sox traders, or do the Red Sox say, hey, we can make the playoffs, even with the Yankees having a dominant year? Who knows? Maybe we can knock them off in the postseason. You know, you never know. Crazier things have happened. Do we get rid of one of our big bats? Do we, do we move our lineup considering what it's doing? That's going to really be one of the real telling moments of the second half. 
Yeah, you know, the record sometimes uh, deceives you and uh, you think you're something that you're not or you even hope that you're something that you're not. And at the beginning of the season, you know, the Red Sox really were sellers right from the get-go. They said this wasn't going to be a year. They're going to have to restructure, if not uh, rebuild, their team. And, uh, you know, they have some chips that can that could. Uh, propel them into the future if they get the uh, return uh, that uh, a, you know the JD Martinez uh, might be able to make be able to return or in some way, some other way that they might be doing things but um, you know that's going to be real interesting you have to believe you can beat the Yankees if you're going to be all in in the American League this year and uh, that seems like something that's almost an impossible task for anyone in the American League uh, and um, with the Dodgers faltering the way they have it it might not be a chance for for that Western division it it Absolutely might be what we talked about from the get-go, Mike, another Subway Series. Yeah, you never know. It could be the year. I mean, it's it's definitely possible, especially if the Grom ever comes back. You know, um, one guy in the Red Sox, and you don't think of a Red Sox guy ever being underrated, but I think Davis is underrated. I mean, I don't think people talk about him enough. That guy at 25, he has put together some kind of career. Yeah, um, you know he's he's uh, the real deal, and I he is some great. hitter. Yeah, he he's definitely the guy they'll build around. Now the question is what they do with Bogarts. You remember they they signed Story to play second base. He was doing poorly at the beginning of the season. He's their uh, possible shortstop of the fir- of the future. He already has the money in the bank. Uh, does Bogarts leave and uh, Devers? I mean, geez. He's got to be. He's got to stay because he's young and he's he's the guy that they're. I think they're going to build around. Um, so it, it the the Red Sox are a real player this year, especially up until the trading deadline. Uh, that that could swing things um, depending on what they do and how they do it. The other team that the other player that gets talked about a lot uh, is is Contreras with the Cubs. The idea of where he's going to land, a lot of people think he might wind up with the Mets, that maybe the Mets solve their, their catching situation with him. How about Contreras? 30 years of all age, solid player, solid receiver, good bat. How about him? Well, it, it's that premium position, uh, you know, behind the plate that usually when traded uh, – Mid-season, um, you get more in return uh, than that than you're really giving because um, you know trading a, a catcher mid-season is a, uh, a precarious situation. You know, we got Mike uh, Piazza back when I was managing, and there was a lot of questions on whether or not uh, he could learn to staff, whether it could be. A, How long a does it take a guy to learn a staff, Bobby? Well, it, you know, it takes a while not only to learn how and what they're doing, but also to gain the confidence in them that you know what you're doing. Um, you know, and, and it, with the Mets right now, they have a successful formula. They're not getting offense from uh, 
you know, behind the plate, but they're they're winning games. And even and Nito's gotten some big hits. He actually has, you know. <laughs> He's he he doesn't look like the the hitter is going to drive in a run, but he has battled at the plate and gotten big hits. So uh, I think changing uh, catchers midseason when things are going good is dangerous. Is, is da- yeah, absolutely. It's okay, a real so you would be you, you you would be uh, that's a very good point, and you don't hear that very much. You would be very leery of changing the catching situation. You want to really have a catcher be with a, with the a teams from February so that he gets to know the pitchers, right? Yeah, it, it and you know it sounds so trite. Oh, get to know the pitchers, but it, it's not only understanding uh, what they are, you know, the the pitches that they throw, but who they are, right? You know, when they throw the pitches, when they need uh, someone to walk out to the mound, you know, when when they need that um, that frame to be made to to catch a uh, a strike. Uh, when it was really a ball, you know, the, those little things develop during a season and, and pitchers lean on their catcher. You know, there's no question about, uh, you know, the talented guys um, uh, to the to the rookie all lean on their catcher. So I think that's one of those moves that might look good going in and not work out if, in fact, it's it's made. Very good point. Excellent, excellent point. E- even with a guy who's kind of got a good reputation like Contreras. Well, he could be the exception to the rule, but I remember Pudge Rodriguez having a good, um, um, you know, resume and getting traded and, and, and the other catchers over the years who, you know, really, it really looked like, wow, what a big help this is going to be. And it, it turned out to be something that was a, a better help the next year than it was the the transition year. Interesting. Uh, interesting. You know, um, you mentioned Trout and how he has, you know, put on that show in Seattle. Uh, now he's, you know, right behind Judge in home runs. Uh, and he still looks like the same player. You wonder, though, how long a team can have those two guys on the same team and not win and keep them together. I think that uh, that has to be considered uh, moving forward with the Angels, um, you know, and what Mike Trout wants to do with his career. Um, it's got to be frustrating. You know, he, he had the worst slump of his career. He's over 27. It looked like, holy cow, maybe this guy has actually lost the step or something. They figure something out. And the next thing you know, you turn around, he has five home runs in a series. Uh, he's winning ball games um, consecutively yep. with uh, two run blasts. His OPS is over a thousand. His OPS is over one. You know, he's back over yeah. a thousand again with the OPS. So, I mean, he's he's got the numbers again. I know people were whispering, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe he isn't exactly the same at 30 that he was, but he still looks pretty good. He's he's really good. And I've got to watch him up close and personal. And uh, I'm going to tell you, when the pitcher makes a mistake, I have never seen a hitter consistently make the pitcher pay and not pay with a single. He, they, they pay with a home run, a ball off the wall, uh, day in and day out. You you have to be 
precise with your pitching if you're going to get uh, Mike Trout out. And uh, that's why he's, he's on the top of the leaderboards uh, offensively this year as well as he's been his entire career. And I haven't seen, you know, I've, I've rarely seen Atani in person. I've seen him once. Uh, you've got to do the, uh, the games you've seen, Atani. How, how impressive physically is Atani? Again, he's another one. It's hard for me uh, to to uh, imagine that day in and day out, this guy can run the bases as well as anyone in the game. Can hit the ball over the fence when he when you need a single to left, he can get a single to left. When he steps on the mound and throws ninety nine and strikes eleven guys out in five innings and throws one and two hitters uh, during the time, uh, he's phenomenal. He's He's big, fast, strong, plays every day, um, you know, dives back in the first, slides hard in the second when, when trying to steal. Um, he's, he's, um, he's amazing. And I don't know, Mike, if you caught the kid in Pittsburgh, his, his crew right. I mean, that was crazy. I mean, my God, <laughs> to say that a player in Pittsburgh – throws the ball 100 miles an hour from shortstop <laughs> and runs faster than Tyreek Hill does in football. I mean, that is hard to even imagine. Yeah, I had to jump to him because, you know, when you try to start comparing Otani, you know, Aaron Judge is, is spectacular. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, he plays center field, he hits home runs, um, he throws accurately. And I think, uh, you know, between Otani, Judge, and, and now this Cruz, they are specimens playing the game of baseball uh, at a little different level and with a, with a different body type than, than we've seen in a long time. You know, um, it, it's, it, the way they talked about the guy in Pittsburgh was almost, you know, Mickey Mantle-like. I mean, it was, it, was, it was crazy. It was like, you know, here comes something we've never seen before kind of thing. Well, to play shortstop at six seven, we've never seen that. Marty Marion, I guess, was a tall shortstop at six five, and Cal Ripken was was tall, but not six seven. And uh, we haven't seen many guys uh, play one game and hit the hardest ball that his team has hit uh, in the entire season. Throw a ball faster than anybody on the team had thrown it, and run faster than anybody on the team had run all in one game. So uh, he. He's different. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And uh, different usually sells. Folks who are talking, of course, if, if you haven't heard about what we're talking about in Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh doesn't get much attention. His name is O'Neill Cruz. And uh, at 23, he is, you know, 6'7", 220 pounds. And he has done things already, as we've talked about. They threw the ball at shortstop, clocked at 99.7 miles an hour. He uh, ran faster than any than Tyreek Hill does. Okay, so just to give you an idea, uh, and the you know the the things we're talking about from this player are just uh, absurd. Uh, as he you know makes his way, he's only been he's only had nine at bats. I mean, so you know it's a little early. He's only had eighteen in his whole career, so it's a little early so far. But it is phenom talk that we are hearing, Bobby. Not, nothing short. 
And nothing short. Yeah, McNeil. Uh, from the Dominican the Republic, as a matter of fact. From uh, from a town I've never heard of in the Dominican Republic. Nazeo or Nazio or something like that in the Dominican Republic. Well, they, they have a little country that uh, pre- produces as many baseball players as uh, uh, any state that we have and uh, any other country in the world. Amazing how, yeah, the, they produce an in- incredible amount of players. And, you know... To see players at this size, you know, you, it used to be thought of that you wanted a baseball player to be 6'2". You didn't want him to be 6'7". You didn't want him to be 6'8". You know, you didn't want him to be that tall. But now these guys are proportioned. I mean, he's 6'7". He looks like the, you know, perfect tight end if you look at him right now. You know, he's 6'7", 220. <laughs> it's amazing to see these athletes. Uh, Otani's... Uh, Big, also, you know, at six five, two thirty five, judges. And know, Trout is big. People don't realize enormous. that Trout is big. Oh, Trout's a really big guy. When he stands next to an umpire or a catcher, you go, "Holy cow, that guy must be a midget." Yeah, Trout's a big guy. You're seeing big, uh, uh, large humans playing the game of baseball at the highest level uh, today uh, that really you you've never seen before. Um, you know, Frank Howard was a specimen. Frank Thomas was a specimen. Uh, you, you've had even Ted Williams being tall and lean. But the, these guys uh, are, are different types of humans that are running fast, throwing hard, and hitting the ball as far and as hard as anyone in, in the game ever. Yeah, and people don't realize Mickey Mantle was 5'11", 190. I mean, he was not a big, I mean, from, I know he was muscular, very muscular, and he had big forearms and big, and very powerful hands. If you ever met him, I know you did. I mean, I mean, for the fans, you might, you know, he was very, he had some very impressive forearms and strength in his, in his arms. Uh, and he was very muscular, but he was not a big man. No, not, uh, not compared to, uh, these, incredibly large humans. No, I mean, now they're, you know, they, they're just, it's amazing. Look how big Judge is. I mean, Judge, Judge is an incredibly big man to play baseball. I mean, we've never seen anyone. And now this Cruz comes up at six foot seven. I mean, that's, un, and plays shortstop. It's amazing. Yeah, that, that's what's amazing. Judge in center, Otani on the mound, uh, Cruz at shortstop. Yeah, it's, it, it's it's really great to see, and it's great for the it's great for the game. Um, and you know, with the ball, it looks like the ball got juiced up a little last couple of weeks too. I don't know if it's the humidity or or the ball or whatever, but uh, it's going to play in the favor of all these big guys. That's for sure. No question about it. Uh, you mentioned the Dodgers. You know, everyone keeps saying. And you just did too. That just shows you where the Dodgers were. The Dodgers are still playing well over 600 baseball, and everyone's talking about how disappointing they are. It's amazing. You know, everyone expected them to go out this year and win 110 games. Well, they expected with their payroll for them to be uh, head-to-head with anyone, including the Yankees, uh, record-wise. And now, you know, with Bueller not uh, being uh, the Bueller that and the ace that he was supposed to be and Mookie Betts being out for an undetermined amount of time, Cody Bellinger has never uh, regained his MVP stride, and Justin Turner is playing well under his his uh, 
career averages. So, uh, yeah, the, I think the Dodgers, oh, to say nothing about uh, their bullpen situation where they went with Kimbrell, and I think um, they, they'd like to have Jensen back. So they're they're in a, in a place where they have a $300 million payroll, and they're going to have to add to it in order to uh, win their division. You know, it's a funny thing with them. Uh you mentioned so many guys underachieving. Turner with four homers. Muncie with four homers. Freeman. And hitting under with, 200. Muncy's right, Freeman with just six. F- Freeman with just six homers. I mean, these guys have not really, other than, other than Betts who was tearing it up, these guys have really not hit at all this year. Uh, the, the Dodgers uh, should feel lucky that they're in first place. Uh, you know, they, they have a pitcher who's been all whirled out of nowhere, Gosselin. Yep. Yep. He's leading the league in, in most every uh, pitching category, and yep. and that was unexpected. And Anderson's sure. been really good, too. Anderson's had a Anderson, good year. Anderson out of nowhere, you know, having uh, the top of the league with with wins and, and getting people out. I think that that's... Uh, not the way you want to build a championship team on on the backs of guys who have never done it before. Interesting. You know, it is. It's true. The guys who have been the amazing guys for them so far are Gonsolin and Anderson. They've, they've had great years. And, and you know, they came through Anaheim and looked unhittable. And I just wondered, you know, can this really last? Can, you know, two guys uh, lead a team and, um, you know, out of nowhere and, and be the Dodger team. It's it's hard for me to believe. Yeah, I mean, both of them, you think already, Gonsolin's already won nine games, and Anderson's 8-0. I mean, that's uh, that's incredible here in June. They both had incredible years. They'll be on the All-Star team, and people will say, who are they? Who are those guys in the Dodger uniform? And uh, what they do after the All-Star break will be the tail of the tape. If you had told me that Muncie would have the offensive numbers he has right now, I wouldn't have believed it. It's it's hard to believe that Muncie and and uh, Bellinger are in the lineup every day uh, together. Uh, they don't have an offense. Uh, they don't have offensive statistics that would rank tenth uh, in the, in the league if you combined the two of them. I mean, Muncie and, has nineteen but, RBIs. He has a five ninety <laughs> OPS. I saw him. He's hitting. He's hitting under two hundred. He has over two hundred at bats. That doesn't happen with a good hitter. I don't know what happened there. I really, I don't. Uh, I really don't know. And and Turner is. Uh, I know he's older, but he's been as pure a hitter as uh, baseball has seen over the last seven or eight years. And and this year he's hitting under two twenty. Um, uh, there, there's a there's a lot of. There's a lot of doubt over there in Mudville at uh, Dodger Stadium. And, um, you know, let's see what happens. Can can Freeman be an MVP the second half? And, uh, you know, can Mookie come back? There's all those question marks with, a, again, with a $300 million payroll. You don't expect that. I can put it in perspective for Yankee fans. As much as they screamed about Joey Gallo all year, he has better stats in every category than Muncie has. So think about that. They've wanted him out of the lineup all year here in in New York, and he has better numbers in every category than Muncie has. And that's how bad Muncie's been. Well, yeah, that says a lot. And, uh, you know, Gallo, 
you know, Gal is that special player that you, you've got to look beyond beyond what you're really looking at and look deep into the numbers and see that he does walk and see that he does play D defense. But uh, I think the Yankees, uh, if they could, would would change out that situation. And, um, you know, the kid in, in Kansas City, Ben Intendi, is uh, really playing well. and He's, he's been mentioned a lot here, Bobby, and he would be a nice fit for the Yankees. He really would. He would I don't know oh, what yeah. – and they'd have to give up some probably decent prospects, but he is a nice – I've always liked him, and he is playing really well there. Right now, he's, uh, he's playing um, as well, I think, as he's ever played. He's uh, figured out his swing. He's hitting left-handers. Uh, yeah, he's he, he's the real deal. Yeah, and he might be just, and you might catch him just coming into his own, uh, a la Paul O'Neill, where you might get him, and he might turn out to be really a special player. I, I could see that. I could see him coming here and becoming a really. Really important cog for the Yankees if if they could get their hands on him. I agree with that a hundred percent. I th- I yeah, I've he, always liked him, and he's he, I mean he's not a home run hitter, which is fine. I, I, they don't need that, but he's a guy who's really learned how to hit. Yeah, and and he can hit a home run. Yep. Um, yep. You know the 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 only problem there is, uh, and it means nothing, but it, he might remind the fans a little of uh, uh, Ellsbury. And if they remember uh, how much of a disaster that, that was, was a disaster. The Yankees, yeah, they might they might uh, shy away. Yeah, that that's true. He he he. That was a disaster. Uh, it, probably as big a disaster as the Yankees ever had. All right, so it's an interesting time right now, Bobby. It's going to be it, it's it's going to be an interesting second half. It really is, especially with these New York teams tearing it up the way they are. Yeah, and. You know the money teams have got to believe that uh, th- that this is their window of opportunity, and there's uh, about ten teams out there right now who have no chance, and the only chance they have in the future is if they can make that trade or two that gives them uh, the young prospects for the future. So it's going to be real interesting uh, next month and a half or so. Thanks, Bobby, very much. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Mike. Take All right, care. Bobby V on baseball. We'll come back and wrap things up right after this. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. I mentioned the other day there'd be more golfers coming, and the shoe dropped in a uh, very quick order as we learned that it is now official that Brooks Kepka will join the LIV tour. That is a severe blow. A severe blow to the PGA. Say what you want. And Kepka, after a tremendous run, the most dominant run in golf in recent years, has cooled off. There's no question. But he's still ranked 19th in the world. He's still clearly right now on, as you come up to any big tournament, one of the best players in the world. And he is a big figure in golf in his prime. And that was a very, very big hit for the uh, PGA to take. The... LIV Tour now has eight of the top 50 players. They now have a core of about 20 players who are recognizable, and there are more to come. The question is, after now Kepka delivers his blow, who's next? There will be more to come because the money is plentiful. As a matter of fact, the money just does not stop coming. And you've already seen... 
And this is going to give the Phil Mickelsons of the of the world of defense. Hey, if I was so wrong about the PGA, why have they already reacted to what we did? Why look what we've look what they've created for you already in response to what we did. So how can you say that the PGA didn't need to be moved off the dime when they have looked and made the changes and added the big money stops that they're talking about for next year? So the PGA has already responded, has already found more money, has already changed the way they do things. And that's going to give them a defense no matter where this goes. And where it's going is towards the LIV tour being a big problem for the PGA. It already is. And it's going to get bigger. We promised a NBA podcast on the draft. That will come your way tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.